0: Uh, How many here like birthdays? Anybody like birthdays? Like celebrating their birthdays? Like celebrating other people's birthdays? Some people are shaking their heads because they don't like birthdays because they realize they're getting a little bit older day by day. But birthdays are good. And do you know, I don't know if you know, but today is the church's birthday. It's our birthday. It's Pentecost Sunday. That's when the birth of the church happened. And as I said on the video, there was a mighty rushing wind that came and filled uh, people with the Holy Spirit. And from that place, the church was birthed. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad we're in God's presence today. And uh, His presence, I pray, is meaningful to you. It's meaningful to me. And I know your presence here is meaningful to us And I love the fact that when we get together and we worship God, God presences Himself in this place. You know That makes preaching possible, the fact that we worship. And some of you are thinking just because of the band. No, I'm not talking about worship and the band and just what we sing. But I love the fact that we're all worshiping in different ways, from the, the, the guys who set up the kids' ministry today, to the people who prepared this place so that we could meet, to those who sung but can't sing, Ask your neighbor if that's you. <laughs> you know, from those who, who it was a struggle to get here, but you're here. You know, I really believe that's worship and in the midst of that worship environment, God wants to come and fill us with His Spirit. He wants to do something powerful. Uh, we know in Exodus, the Israelites received the law. Moses came down from the mountain with a gift and it was the law. And he came down to find a whole nation worshiping a golden calf. And in the end, Moses smashed the tablets and the law was broken. Here's the deal. The law was good, but because we're not good, it destroyed us. That's why Paul would later say, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And what happened on that day was Moses came down the mountain with the law that 3,000 people died. But if we fast forward to the New Testament, to the book of Acts, 120 people were waiting in the upper room. And what happened was the gift of the Holy Spirit arrived and it came like a mighty rushing wind. And the Bible says they spoke in different languages. People thought they were drunk as they came out onto the streets. And Peter gets up and explains what's taking place and he's saying, this is that he was saying, this is that which was prophesied about in Joel. This is that. And that day, get this, 3,000 people were added to the church. A coincidence? The law came, 3,000 people died. This Holy Spirit came, 3,000 people crossed over from death to life. A coincidence? I think it's more than a coincidence. I think it's an announcement that a new era it came about with the with the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And I really believe anytime anyone receives the Holy Spirit, it's like God's announcing a new day in people's lives where you don't have to live this thing out by yourself. You can know God's power living in you. You can have access to all that God is and all that God wants to do through your life. See, the Holy Spirit is more than a historic frag, It's a present day reality. That you and I can experience. See, religion, religion puts the power of God into the past. We read the Scripture and we see it just in the past. That's what religion does. Puts the power of God in the past or it puts it somewhere out in the future. But a relationship with God draws His power into the presence. And I really believe the power of God is in this place. And, uh, you know, we're talking about our house, God's house. You know, the house is not the house if the Spirit of God is not in it. And we need His Spirit more than ever before. Come on, how many want the Holy Spirit in their lives to come and fill their being, to be overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? See, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a powerful thing to experience. It's the greatest thing other than receiving Jesus into your life because the Holy Spirit empowers us to live out this deal. You know, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit today because a lot of people are struggling in life and trying to do stuff by themselves. But what they've done is they've benched their great, the greatest player. You know, if you're on a team, you want to make sure your greatest player is in the game. And the greatest player, the best player who's part of this this body of people is the Holy Spirit. And you've got to realize that over and over again, the Holy Spirit is mentioned, or the Holy Ghost is mentioned through Scripture. In fact, 800 times through Scripture, the Spirit of God is mentioned. We find out about the Spirit in the second verse of Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 1 it says the earth was out form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God listen to that the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. I really believe right now the spirit of God is hovering over many situations that are empty and void. He's waiting to move. Now the word that's used for spirit in the old testament is the word ruach. Ruach, everyone say ruach. Ruach means a wind or a breath or a violent exhalation, or a blast of breath. How many are glad that God's got good, His breath is not bad, it's good. But it goes on, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a blast of breath. Now the New Testament word that's used for the Spirit of God is the word pneuma, Numa. Everyone say pneuma. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. But that again means a wind, or a current of air, or a blast of breath. Now, now in the Old Testament, what would happen was the Holy Spirit would come and descend on people in moments. Come in moments, but then often depart. You saw it with Saul. Saul, the Spirit of God, would come on him. In fact, the Bible talks about it made him a different person. But then the Holy Spirit would come off. It would leave Saul. We saw it with David. David would know times where, where the Holy Spirit was with him. But there was times where he, he, he couldn't feel the Holy Spirit. In fact, with his sin, with Bathsheba, he cried out to God and said, take not your Holy Spirit from me. In the New Testament, it's different though. When Jesus left, he sent the Holy Spirit and he spent, sent it for the believers in Jesus. And, and the Spirit, he said, will never leave us or forsake us. Uh, the Spirit would not just come upon us, but the Spirit would live in us. you got to understand, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, He's in you today. And then from your innermost being, as Jesus talked about it, will come rivers of living water. So, so the Holy Spirit didn't just descend upon, the Holy Spirit is now within us. You know, uh, The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus in the form of a dove. You can see the Holy Spirit descending upon people in Pentecost. But then as a result of that, what would happen was people would be empowered to live the life that God's called them to. The Holy Spirit is the agent that empowers us to fulfill the mission that God's given us. The mission that God's given us can't be done, can't be fulfilled without God's power upon us. See, that Spirit empowers us to live supernatural lives. And empowers us with spiritual gifts. In fact, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's all evident of the Holy Spirit living within you. Those things won't be on display in your life without the Holy Spirit. Because by nature, we're selfish. That's why we need the Spirit's power. And many people today, they're living a spiritless life, whereas God has designed us to live a Spirit-filled life and a Spirit-powered life. Come on, how many want the Holy Spirit? Yeah. People go, oh, praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise, oh, who's that other guy? Uh, There's no, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. And there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, I understand God the Father, I understand God the Son, but, but who's that other dude? He's the third person in the Trinity. And a lot of people you know, have used language that has brought confusion. And In fact, you know, some people, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. And they use it to justify their weirdness. And in some places, the Holy Spirit has got associated with weirdness. And, and weirdness got blamed on the Holy Spirit. You got to get this. I'm not talking about unusual, because in the New, New Testament, wherever the Holy Spirit it, it was, unusual things would happen. But 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 there's a lot of weirdness that goes down in the Holy Spirit's name, and and uh, you know, but and a lot of people have distanced themselves from it because they 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 go, oh, I don't know about that. But you gotta understand the Holy Spirit being filled with this Holy Spirit is critical to Christian life. It's critical. In some places, there's been an overemphasis of the Holy Spirit. But I challenge to say, in most places, there's an underemphasis. There's the Father, there's Jesus the Son, and it's like we don't talk about the Holy Spirit enough. But the birth of the church came because of the Holy Spirit. And we need to get a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit's role in our lives and the Holy Spirit's role in the church. Do I get an amen to that? Yeah, Jesus said this in John chapter fourteen, verse sixteen. It says, "I pray the Father that I I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Helper, that He may abide with abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive." Because it neither see, neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be, will be, what does it say there? Is it up on the screen? He will be, come on, He will be in you. He won't just dwell with us, He'll dwell in us. One thing you've got to understand about the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit's not a it. It's not a it. Jesus refers to it as, Him as a person. It's a person, third person of the Trinity. Do you know that you can grieve the Holy Spirit? God's Spirit has emotions. The Holy Spirit loves us. And Jesus is saying in this verse that I'm going away, but I'm going to send a helper. Helper. That word helper means uh, comes from the Greek word parakletos or paraklete. Para means to come alongside. And Kletos means, it comes from the Greek word kleo, which means called. So what's the Holy Spirit? He's called to come alongside and give us help. Come on, good help is hard to find. In a lot of places, when it comes to doing the dishes, nobody wants to help. You know, a lot of people don't want to help. It's like they distance themselves. Oh, I need help. It's like everybody just disappears. But the Holy Spirit never disappears because His role is He's called to come alongside and He is our helper. Uh, That word, if you unpack it, it means He's our intercessor. He's our counselor. He's our advocate. He's our comforter and He's our, our helper. Come on, how many could do with a helper right now? Now, so many people are looking for help and they're relying on other people. But whereas God's given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is our greatest help. There's some things I can't help people in because it's it's the role of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people are putting uh, God-type demands on human relationships simply because they don't know what it is to live with the Holy Spirit. You know, if, if I had a choice, if I had a choice between Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you know, in my flesh, I'd probably go, man, I'll take Jesus any day. Having Jesus around would be pretty cool. you got a headache. It's like Jesus lay hands on you. That headache goes. You know, you're sick. It's like you don't need to go to the doctor. You know, your dog dies. It's like, hey, old Rover's dead on the ground. Jesus comes along and boom, Rover's up and walking again and going along. Or, you know, you get to a place, you have no money, no food. You know, somebody has a half six inch sub. Jesus takes that six inch subway and he multiplies it and all your friends get fed and and then you got dinner. You got food that's going to last you a couple of weeks, just because of the leftovers. Come on, how many would like to have Jesus in the flesh? Yeah, but but here is the deal: Jesus shows us that there is actually something that, that's better than Him in the flesh. There is something better. Again, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, John sixteen seven: it's to your advantage I go away. It's to your advantage, I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. You know, Jesus in the flesh, you would have to be wherever Jesus is. What if Jesus didn't show up on the day that Rover died? You know, it's like, oh, where's Jesus? Oh, he's somewhere else. But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is everywhere and is present. And we can access his help any time of the day. It's to our advantage because the Holy Spirit will never leave us. The Holy Spirit is in us. So, so what does He do? You know, I, I want to show you how the Holy Spirit wants to empower you to live a supernatural life. He wants to give you supernatural gifts. You know, There's supernatural gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gift of faith, the gift of healing. Come on, how many have ever been healed before? You know, lift up your hand if you've ever been healed. The gift of healing is available to each and every one of us. The gift of prophecy, the gift of wisdom. There's supernatural gifts that God wants to give us, but also there's, there's spiritual fruit that comes that, that, that can't come other than being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm concerned in a lot of places because we can believe in Jesus Christ but not look any different from the rest of the world. We still can be bound and imprisoned as, as, as the rest of people who don't know Jesus. You know, it's like our prayer lives are flat, they're religious, we pray, but there's no power there. You know, people today, you know, can be believers, but still struggling. It's not that we struggle, it's it's when we don't find answers in our struggle. They still can be afraid and and gripped with fear and worry, but we don't have to live that way, because we have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in us. A lot of people, they believe in Jesus, but they have no real power. I really believe right now this world is looking for genuine, authentic power. And that comes from the Holy Spirit. You know, a lot of people today believe in Jesus, but they're living spiritless life rather than spirit filled and spirit empowered lives. What life are you living? See, why is it that people live spiritless lives? I'll give you two thoughts quickly. First one is some aren't even aware of the Holy Spirit. A lot of people haven't even heard of him. I heard of Jesus, but who's this Holy Spirit? You know, I know he's part of the Trinity, but I don't really know about him. I love Acts 19 verse 1 talks about Paul encounters a group of Christians. And it says, And it happened, while Apollos was at Corinth, that that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So notice he differentiates between believing in Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, I I received the Holy Spirit when I believed. But there's a difference when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to say there's a whole nother world. You can have an upgrade in your Christianity right now by by being filled with the Holy Spirit. You you can have access to unlimited power. A lot of people don't know about it today. You know, if you ever traveled, not many people have traveled that much, but if you ever got an upgrade in a plane, you know, sometimes I travel and get upgrades into plane. I know about another whole world that happens behind that curtain. And once you've experienced it, it's hard to go back. To where you've been before. You know, I was just thinking last night, I was speaking in a conference in Germany. Our church is having a ch- a conference in Germany right now. And I, I did a message, you know, a whole lot of people were watching and I was on the screen via Zoom. I was in uh, uh, my office at home speaking to a whole lot of people in Germany. I remember the days where to communicate long, uh, you know, to communicate long distance, you used to get these call cards because they'll give you cheap calls. Otherwise, they'll cost you like $10 a minute. And you put in all these digits, you know, all these digits to access the discount to be able to ring somebody overseas. But it used to take ages just to put in those digits. And if you got one digit wrong, it'll go access denied and you'd have to start over again to call anybody in the UK. That was only a short time ago. But here I was, you know, my face was on a screen, it was live, I was interacting with the people at this conference. You know, how many know that's an upgrade? So many of us right now have got a downgraded Christianity because we're not accessing the Holy Spirit. And some of us don't even realize that it's available to us. See, on the other side, uh, 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 there's power available that's greater than, than you can imagine. In fact, Jesus talks, Oh, Paul talks about that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within us and gives life to our mortal body. See, the role of the Holy Spirit, He's there to direct us. Come on, anybody need direction? He directs us. Anybody need counseling? He counsels us. He comforts us. He convicts us and He empowers us. A lot of people are living a spiritless life simply because they're unaware. The second reason why people live a spiritless life is because they resist the Holy Spirit. Could that be you today? Yeah, the Holy Spirit... Has come knocking on your door. He's, he's prompted you. He's tried to lead you, but you don't want to be led. You know, when you're about to do something wrong, he convicts you. How I many know? How many have been there? Is that thought, that inner voice, "Don't do that," but you ignore that inner voice and you just proceed and go ahead. You push him away. You you grieve him. You know, you got to understand. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we don't do what is right. But we don't just grieve the Holy Spirit, we can quench His power. To quench His power is to not do what is right. To grieve is to do something wrong. But to quench the Holy Spirit's power is when He's prompting us to encourage somebody and we withhold. And we don't respond to His voice. I really believe God wants to increase our sensitivity levels. Some of us right now, we're sensitive, but we're sensitive to to the flesh and we're sensitive to our environments. But I really believe God wants to increase our sensitivity to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is always speaking. He wants in on our daily activities. The question is, are you listening to His voice? Or are we like the people that Stephen talked about in Acts chapter 7, verse 51? You're stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart. And ears, you always, what what do you do? You always resist the Holy Spirit. You always resist. Some of you are saying, well, I'm not sure whether the Holy Spirit prompts me or moves me. Could it be you've resisted Him so often that now your heart has become hard and you can't even hear Him speaking? Yeah, how do you differentiate between the Holy Spirit and your own voice? Some, uh, some of us find that tension. and say, like, how do I know it's the Holy Spirit? Well, you know, here's the deal. Uh, by nature, we're all selfish. And if something just benefits me, it's likely to be me. It's likely to be my own thoughts. But I've found if there's something God's asking me, or I feel a prompting to do, and it doesn't benefit me, but it benefits others, and it might bring glory to God, I trust that that's the Holy Spirit. Because by nature, I'm selfish. You're selfish. We think of ourselves. We look after ourselves first. But if something's going to benefit others, and it might bring glory to God, I'd I'd challenge to say, that is the Holy Spirit. I make that assumption. You know, if I'm being convicted to, to, to stop doing something, that's wrong. I assume that's the Holy Spirit. You know, in fact, I live off the premise, if in doubt, leave it out. You know, how many know you find yourself in situations where, oh, I don't know if this is right. I don't know. I, I just got some questions about this. You know, a lot of people venture into something that they're unsure whether it's good or not. You know, I go, if in doubt, just leave it out. Trust that that's the Holy Spirit's leading and that He's protecting you. If I failed to do something that's going to be a blessing to others, I assume it's the Holy Spirit. You know, imagine if we just all acted on those promptings. You know, thoughts come into our mind all the time. Oh, I wonder how such and such is. How many have those thoughts? You know, I wonder how they're doing. Don't just wonder. Why not reach out to that person, text them and go, hey, I was just thinking of you. You know, praying for you today. Yeah, you know, it's amazing what will happen just through that, following those leadings, following those promptings, uh, uh, following that inner that, that that inner voice that's within. That's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's things that the Holy Spirit leads us to do and we don't do, and there's things that the Holy Spirit says don't do and we do. Yeah, you know, but here's the deal. You know, if Kathy comes in for a hug, she comes in for a hug, and I resist her. She likes hugging me, not just a whole lot of other people, but she does like hugging me. Yeah, here's the thing. If she comes in for a hug and I resist her and I push her away and she comes in again, another moment comes in again and I resist her and push her away. How many know there's gonna come a time where she's no longer gonna come in for a hug? You gotta understand that's the same with the Holy Spirit. Some of us, it's like the Holy Spirit's coming in and we're like, not now, not now, not now, not now, not now. And it's almost like the Holy... Holy Spirit's going, man, oh, I don't know if I'm welcome here. So actually he distances himself. That's that's why some of you go, man, I just feel numb. I feel like I can't hear God. You know, I want direction, but it's like wall. Wall. God's saying, no, you need to open your heart to me. Yeah, here's the deal. Just quickly, I want to finish with this. The Holy Spirit, how does He minister to us? Number one, He comforts us. John 14, verse 16, I pray the Father, He shall come and give you another comforter that you may abide for uh, forever. Some of you right now, you're going through difficult stuff. And you're looking for comfort from the world. It can't offer you the comfort that you need. He's our comfort uh, and He gives us a peace that goes beyond understanding. Second thing He'll do, He counsels us. How many have got some big decisions ahead? Because I challenge to say the Holy Spirit is not just operating in a high moment of a song or when the preachings attend. The Holy Spirit just doesn't want to, you know, uh, get involved in those moments. The Holy Spirit is there when you're maybe making critical life decisions. Get this, John 16, verse 13. However, when He comes, the Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. It's like these guys have in-ear monitors and somebody's talking. And in fact, Wakash is speaking through that microphone. Some of you thought he was singing. No, he's just giving instructions to what's going on. And it's like the Holy Spirit when you're in tune and you got an in-ear monitor. And He's leading you into all truth. In fact, Isaiah 30 says, verse 21, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or wherever you turn to the left, come on, there's a voice that you can tune into that will direct your steps, that will lead you to life. So He comforts us, He counsels us. And number three, He convicts us. The, uh, chapter 16, John 16, 8, it says, When he has come, he will convict the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment. Some of you, right now, you've been convicted by the Holy Spirit. You've got to understand there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. They can feel the same. But here's how you know the difference: Condemnation is over stuff that you can't change, it's already happened. It's already gone. You can't change. And the enemy will condemn you. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But conviction comes over the things that you can change. On the things that you can make a decision about now. They sometimes feel the same. But the way that you differentiate them is, well, that's my past. I can't do anything about that. I'm not going to be condemned over that. But I've got a decision to make now. And I'm gonna listen to the Holy Spirit's convictions. Come on, I really believe people in this place are being drawn to God right now. And and who is that? What, what causes you to be drawn to God? It's the Holy Spirit. Come on, it's the Holy Spirit. He convicts us of our need for God. Some of us want, oh, I'm all good, I'm all good. No, you're not. And, and it it takes the Holy Spirit coming in and opening our eyes to say that we actually need God. We're designed to live uh, with God and we're designed to live for God. Come on, This Holy Spirit, He woos us into a relationship. When you're drawn, you've always got a choice. And the choice is you can surrender to Him or you can fight Him off. Let me warn you, The longer you fight fight with them and hold them at a distance, the longer you say, no, not now. What happens is your heart grows hard. You get to a place where you're religious and you're no longer drawn. You come into an environment where the Holy Spirit is moving and your heart isn't even touched. That's the most dangerous place a believer can be in. Where you're in the presence, where God is moving, God is touching lives, God's speaking, but your heart doesn't even get touched, doesn't even get moved. It becomes religious. Come on, the Holy Spirit. How many are grateful for His power that's available to us today? Come on, we should thank God that the birth of the church, the birth of the church came with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And let's not downplay our Christianity. Let's make sure we live to the potential of what God's called us to. And that that potential can only be realized by the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. Amen.